morning. <laughs> um, yeah. So, do you want to pray for us? Lord, we just uh, do request your presence with us here, um, helping us to communicate uh, what we want to communicate. And Lord, give us all open hearts and and ears to look uh, to to hear where you are poking us, Lord, to grow, um, because you often uh, put your finger on certain areas where you want us to grow. And uh, we ask that you would be we would be listening that you would help us to listen to you um, throughout our week, not just to, to this specifically, but yeah, amen. So, trust, <laughs> what does it mean? So the Webster's Dictionary says that trust is a firm belief or confidence in the honesty, integrity, reliability, justice of another person or thing, faith, reliance. It's a big, it's a big thing. It's a thing that we, we think we know, we think and we believe we know, and oftentimes it can be kind of interchanged with belief. When our faith in the Lord is rattled, it is our trust that holds strong. We can say, well, I have faith in God, but I do, I really trust him. It's the same thing, right? It's the belief that we know God is in control, and we ask that our faith be renewed when it's shaken or altered. Our human nature just wants us to be in control be in control of the future, be in control of what we are thinking and feeling. This week I heard a really good analogy of what faith and belief is. So it's a tightrope walker. There's a tightrope walker up on <laughs> tightrope, and he's got a wheelbarrow. Now, Carlin was going to use this as a literal <laughs> analogy, and he was going to be like, I'm bringing you up there with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and I was like, no. Because <laughs> that immediately was like, no, Dad, no, that you know, been good, right? <laughs> you would have remembered it. <laughs> but <laughs> so a tightrope walker, and he's got a wheelbarrow, and you can say, yep, I believe he's going to go right across there. I believe that he's going to be on the tightrope. He's going to have the wheelbarrow, and he's going to make it. I believe it. But what trust is is that you trust that. If you went into that wheelbarrow, and if he was pushing you across the tightrope line, and that is trust, your full trust that he would get you across that line, no matter how scary it looked. In Exodus chapter 32, Israel's faith was wavering when things were taking too long, when Moses was up in the mountain for too long talking to God, and they demanded Aaron to make, oh, make a calf to worship. It was hard for them, despite seeing the fiery flames that led them across the desert and the cloud that, that went before them, they saw actual literal things. And you'd think, well, your trust isn't going to be wavered in that. But God knew. God provided. And now, when I was reading and researching that, I was thinking, like, there was so many other ways that Israel could have been led through the desert he could have been led through other areas that were a lot shorter, a lot easier, but this was what God provided. He wanted them to go a certain way to protect them. How many times do we want to move and make things happen when we don't see something happen? Sometimes it's God's leading. Sometimes it's his changing our hearts. Sometimes it can be us wanting to be in control to make things go faster. And sometimes it can be what we need to fully trust in his timing. That's the hard part, knowing to decipher. 
In Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not lean on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. When Carlin was in the hospital, I had to trust. I had to either trust or just freak out. As a nurse, he was in a severe state, delusional, <laughs> dehydrated, and they couldn't get any IV into him. And that took over an hour. <laughs> I could have felt like I didn't have control. I knew what I would have done if I was in that situation with somebody else's husband. But, and it could have appeared like shock, but I knew I didn't have this moment. God had this moment. God had, God's, God had Carlin's future, not my expectations of what it should look like. In Psalm 16, 7 to 8, it says, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right there beside me. And those verses were just so true over that time, because I went home every night thinking, what am I going to go back to? Psalms 3, verse 5 says, I lay down in sleep, and I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. And I just felt that incredible peace that God was with me, because I could just leave, and I knew that the Lord was with him. He was definitely my Yahweh Shalom, the peace. The Lord is peace. In those moments of knowing the, the Lord, trusting him, and as, he poured, as we pour out our hearts and our lives to him and our thoughts, that's when he can go and do great things through us. This is why it's so important to be in the word, to understand his heart in situations and hearing him speak truth into our lives. It isn't about what we can do, but it is what we can give to him, to our time, our heart. In Psalms 139, 1 to 3, it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit and stand. You know my every thought when far away. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. And I don't know, maybe that's what, <laughs> maybe that's what the Lord's telling me now. <laughs> every moment you know where I am. But then as it goes in verse 23, David speaks, search me, O God. And know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This is such a beautiful, like, beautiful relationship to see how much David trusted the Lord and knew the Lord and knew his heart. Like, they often talk about David having the heart of the Lord. Like, what is that? Like, I want that. I want to be able to know the Lord so well and him to know me because it, it can't just go one way, right? So, this is brief. You want me to take over? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, when I, I just want to look at trust in a different way and, and, look at discipleship in a different way and I want to start out there anyways and we, we I think of discipleship as, as you know we're working with someone else to bring them up in a certain way whether that be in a job or whether that be in life but 
I also think of we are all discipling our kids. And youth, you're hearing this, this is a good thing. You'll be a parent someday. And it's good for you to hear this. But when we are are training our kids and discipling our kids as, as youth or, or little kids, it's not all fun and games, right? Like, it's not all easy. <laughs> and there can be hardship in that. <laughs> and I have found great, I guess, solace in the last six months in just... The, the verse in James that says, consider it all joy when you face trials and of many kinds. And that can go for kids as well. Kids, you might not always think your parents are, are doing what's right, and that can be a hardship for you. And, but, and parents the same, right? Like, but we can consider it joy when because, and, and I think of this, is because God considers it joy when he works on me, right? And he doesn't give up, and he has a ton of patience and a ton of forgiveness, which I need to be passing on to my kids, right? So those are just some, th that's, that's one example of something that can be a hardship. It can be a great joy as well, right? I don't want to point the boat the other way and, and don't say it's joyful as well because it is. Um, yeah. Um, so we can, I think we can all relate to that in some way. Um, but it's trusting God when we walk with other people that, you know what? It's going to work out because God's in control here. We trust the Lord that some way this is going to work out for God's benefit, or for God's glory and our benefit. Um, you know, even, even in the secular world, there's the certain principle that hardship is good and desirable. Hardship is desirable for a certain purpose. For example, football practice. Or whatever, right? We 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 go to school, and it's not not supposed to be easy. If the teacher makes it too easy, then we don't learn anything, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, hardship is is meant in our life for a purpose. Um, we have to believe that some way things will 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 turn out for good, and. Um, out of this, you know, in our marriage and family life, there's all different situations that can be challenging. Um, do we, do I believe that, the one question is, do I believe that I know better than God knows? Or, and okay, and sub, if I believe that, that I know better than God, then subsequently, my attitude probably goes down the drain. My attitude becomes one of bitterness. I get a bad attitude about the hardship that I'm going through and the people around me. But if I somehow choose that God's plan is good and he's going to get me through this situation, then I can choose to have a good attitude even though the situation looks dire and bleak. 
um, and you don't necessarily see hope in that situation. Um, and the, the, you know, these can be at work, anywhere. But I think, on a side note, I think that goes back to a root of pride versus humility in our life. Like, do we choose to be a little bit prideful and, and say, well, I'm pretty smart. I know what's best here. Or, and the best thing is for this pain to go away, like now, so then I can get on with fixing my life. Or do I choose that, no, okay, I somehow don't know what's best here, and allow, because the fact is, a lot of circumstances we can't change instantly. Like, uh, okay, I'm just going to say it. I can't change who my boss is right now. My boss is Larry, by the way. <laughs> um, that, that, that's something that's real to people in life, right? Or, um, you know, I can't change my, my health sometimes instantly. Um, and so those are all situations that we can't change, but we can change our attitude in them. And our attitude has so much to do with trust in our life um, and how we can trust God. Um, and we can trust God through uh, trusting other people at times as well. For, for kids, that's especially true, I think, for trusting your parents. Um, that God has placed them in a position of authority in the family and so I encourage you kids to trust your parents even though you don't necessarily see that they are, are doing what you think is right sometimes. <laughs> so uh, another question is, do I believe scripture when it says that when we are tempted, God will make a way out of that temptation? It's, that's, that's a paraphrased version, but it's 1 Colossians 10, 13. Uh, you know what? God, when we are tempted to be frustrated, to be rash, to be impatient, um, or to get upset, you know, there's always another side to look at that, and there's another way to deal with that situation. And God can provide that way out if we will choose to look for that, for, for God's voice in that situation and what he's doing um, and grab on to that. Um, you know, I'll speak to you kids again. There's another way that you can, can do this is you often, most of you at least, have siblings. And when your younger siblings choose to be a little ornery to you and you want to get frustrated or be impatient or walk away or tell them to take a hike maybe or that they're not doing a good enough job, that is an opportunity to, for you to look to what God would do in that situation. The same, same thing I just said. So I want to move into a little bit of what I've dealt with in the last six months, I guess. You know... Tanya used that analogy of, of hopping in the wheelbarrow, and I've had to choose from January on here to sort of hop in the wheelbarrow and just not do too much and try to trust the Lord and his plan for my life. 
um, through health issues and then choosing to shut my own company down and work, go to work for a different company. Um, those are all things that I've, yeah, had to just literally hop in the wheelbarrow and just choose to trust the Lord and not that, that okay, well, if this doesn't work out health-wise in the way I think it's going to work out, then, or I want it to work out, then something's, uh, something else will happen. Um, so, yeah, during, during that time, this time, I think I've, I've been able to feel and sense God's love more than, more than before, um, how close he's been to me. Um, many of you have probably witnessed how I cry more than, more than normal or more than in the past, which is, which is a good thing, I think, you know, like it's not bad. And so I, I appreciate that, um, being able to, to get in touch with how I feel, uh, actually has been, has been good for me, um, has been refreshing and being able to have God close to me through this time. Um, you know, met much of that includes many of you and, and your care for me. So thank you very much. I also think that not through any work of my own, um, I feel that it's been very humbling this whole last six months. Um, just, you know, as a as a male in and a business owner in our society, I feel very self sufficient, and I feel like, oh, I'm not going to ask anybody for help, right? And that's, I mean, <laughs> probably in in at Christmas time last year, you would have said, Carlin, you should do, you should ask for some help, and I obviously didn't quite quick enough, but. <laughs> You know, th those are some things that I think God has worked some humility in in me. And not that I've been trying to, but that's what some hardship does in us. And that's, that's okay, right? It works humility in us and, and being able, I don't know how to say it other than that, but um, I know that more and different challenges are already on the way. For myself and and for you guys as well like every time there's we get through something there's always more challenges in life and and if we're not seeing those challenges and choosing the Lord then we're missing something a little bit right like there's always challenges and so we want to be choosing choosing God and choosing his right attitudes for us as we go through life so those are a little bit of some things that I've been walking through and thinking about. So I'll hand it back to Tammy. So in going with that, going with disappointments, I was ready to get up here and, <laughs> and share about things that I've been through, things that I've accomplished <laughs> a little bit. Maybe the Lord humbled me this way, I don't know. <laughs> so what happens when we're in a time of disappointment? When we don't see that the Lord's moving or he went and something else happened, it's hard to go through those trials and those times. But God wants us to hold on 
and create a new perspective like Carlin was talking about. It's a different perspective of God. In Lisa Tursett's book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, she talks about disappointment. It's exhausting and frustrating. It holds the potential for so much good, but we can only see it as good if we trust in the Lord and his heart for us. It can also be a gift. It might feel harsh and unwarranted, but not what we picture, but sometimes it can be a leading point to lead us home. Satan tries so hard to take a hold of those disappointments and allow our minds to focus on those things that we don't have and influence the disappointment in us. Satan tries to grab a hold of those things that we aren't what we should be and seeds anxiety, failures, and a skepticism about the goodness of God. Unless we see those harsh realities aren't the end, but rather a temporary middle space. It's in this middle space that we can learn to wrestle. It's a wrestling, not of God, but it's a wrestling of allowing God to know our hearts, allow our feelings, and so that God can speak truth and healing. And that was with Carlin. He, he learned a lot about himself in allowing yourself, allowing yourself feeling, allowing yourself to understand what you're going through. Jesus spoke of this in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It didn't say we wouldn't have those trials, but he, that he would lead us through them. I went through a little bit of a depression when grandma passed away. It wasn't right away, and I think that's probably when I felt like, well, I'm on top of this. But I felt it so much because I just felt lost. I felt very alone because my best friend was gone my encourager, my family. But in that, I also learned that God was calling me to himself in a deeper way. And there were parts of me that needed to see that the Lord was there. He was the one encouraging me, calling me forth. He was always guiding me. He had never left me, and he kept himself close. Although I didn't always see it right away, he was orchestrating he had, he's been orchestrating my whole life. And that in that, that's when I felt his love and his guidance. And he created something, something out of tears. It was so hard to allow myself to mourn, allow myself feelings to heal. That was the middle part, the middle spaces that God just wants to create and continue to just direct us on this path, direct us where where he's leading us, and that we just need to trust him fully. Trust. Just think of that tightrope. Know that he's for us, not against us. And at the end of John 16, it says, Here on earth you will have trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And then this morning, in my devotions, immediately, uh, the first thing was 1 Peter 4.12. Dear friends, do not be surprised <laughs> at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you <laughs> as though something strange was happening. <laughs> and I was like, God, wow. Like, this is exactly how I was feeling. <laughs> 
but rejoice as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. That's what our heart needs. That's, we need to see that this is for his glory, our pain. Life is, life is painful. Life has trials. Life has things. But God is just for us, and he's there for us. Psalms 91, 1 to 2 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High with rest in the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. As we were praying this morning, leadership and, and worship, the scripture of overcoming, that the Lord has overcome. Daryl prayed about it. And I just was like, God, you, you go before us. You go before us on words. You go before us in so much. Like, it's not about... It's not about people and, and, and fighting against people. It's, it's, it is. Terry prayed about it this morning. <laughs> it is about the principalities of darkness that are against us, but God is, God's overcome. So I know as we come now and we commune with him, we're going to take communion. I just want us all to be able to come and give God our hearts, give God our problems that are before us. Those hurts, those maybe those altered ways of what we think and feel that maybe God just needs to change, change our perspective on something. And so I just want, right now as Jen will come in a little bit here, that we just give to the Lord our hearts, give him our concerns or worries or whatever is is in the way of, of going into the next week. Maybe it's, maybe it's something small. Maybe it's not something big or, or critical like walking. <laughs> um, but just to, just to allow God that space, allow that time to give to him. Yeah, um, along with communion, with, with that that Tanya shared, uh, communion here is a time to pronounce to the Lord our trust in Him. Like we we sometimes uh, we say things and we pronounce them and we declare them. Now during the week is the rubber meets the road. That's life is the time where that can, we can actually walk out our trust in the Lord. But this is a time for just declaring again anew in our hearts to the Lord that we trust You. We put our trust in you. If we never declare that, it's harder to trust him to actually do it during the week. It's almost like practice, right? But we want to we wanna give those things to the Lord, and we want to declare at the same time his, uh, his salvation over us. We want to put that salvation on as we take the bread and we take the cup and put that trust in our hearts. Um, yeah, we're going to, okay, mm -hmm. we will open this up. You can start playing probably, Jen. You can, I'm going to invite you up to come and grab a juice and bread as we normally do. It's a small group here this morning, so we'll have lots. Mm -hmm. So, 
come on up and then I will lead us in communion. I'll read from, uh, from Luke here. It says, And he took the bread and gave thanks. Uh, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, Lord, we, we thank you. We thank you for your gift of life to us for giving your body for us. Lord, we thank you that you heal. We thank you that you heal physical and emotional hurts that we have, and we want to give those things to you this morning. And we want to place our trust in you. God, that you are capable of carrying us through whatever we are going through. Likewise, 
the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Lord, we thank you for your shed blood for our forgiveness. Lord, because you gave of yourself, we have life. We have eternity with you. If we put our place our trust in you for salvation, we thank you that because you lived your perfect life, because you died, you chose to do that, that we are forgiven. so much for your shed blood and your forgiveness of sins. Lord, it's because of that that we can have joy and peace in our hearts. It's because of you. So we, Lord, we place you at the center of our church, at the center of our lives. And we declare that we trust in you for our salvation. Amen. Drink. Yeah, we we just thank you, Jesus, for again for the your perfect plan. Your perfect plan throughout Scripture was displayed again and again how you wanted to reveal Jesus and uh, and we thank you also for our perfect plan or for your perfect plan in our lives that you have we uh, we want to acknowledge that that you have a plan for our lives and so we thank you thank you for it <clears throat>